Kelly Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 25, Tara Beaver Coronado. Hey, so I'm super excited to sit down with Tara today. And uh, Tara is a fifth generation farmer, but a first generation farm her. And she has been paving the way in California with her very own vineyard. Um, but without giving too much detail away, Tara, if you can maybe just start us off today by telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited. Um, I've listened to your podcast and I really love it. I love the people you you. interview. (laughs) Um, So yes, as you said, I I call myself a fifth generation farmer. There's a little, sometimes my dad says he's he's a first generation farmer because uh, he didn't have anything handed down to him. So there is, you know, it's like all these gaps of who started what. And uh, I guess you could kind of say that about me as well. I come from corn and alfalfa background. That's what my dad farms. And when I moved back to the farm, he really encouraged me to find my own path in farming. And I took some classes, tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up landing on a vineyard. So after a few years of hard work in 2018, I planted a 50 acre vineyard. And so that has been my venture in agriculture. I I do still farm with my dad, but the vineyard takes up most of my time. Yeah, I'm sure you are very busy with all of that. Uh, As far as, you know, like growing up, did you know, obviously you said you have uh, an agriculture background and the whole generation thing. It's so funny to hear everybody's different discrepancies on like how it works in their family as far as generational goes. Um, but like growing up, did you know you wanted to come back to agriculture eventually or how did all that kind of happen? Yeah, I had no idea. I loved growing up on the farm. Like I can't imagine any other kind of childhood. And, and I remember loving it when I was a child. I loved it, but like I didn't work on the farm. I mean, when I was in high school, I didn't work on the farm at all. I kind of thought I wanted to be a teacher. I really enjoyed um, working with kids. But actually, when I when I started college, I went as a studio arts major. Hmm. I was really into photography and stuff like that. And then while I was in college, I was like, mm, I'll make it my minor. So I ended up making it my minor. Kind of went through this whole, like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life. And I did end up dropping out of college. It just wasn't right for me. And I went on to be a nanny because I had kind of thought I wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I loved working with kids. I had a nanny job that I absolutely loved. I worked with such a great family, um, loved it so much, but there just was still that little feeling of like, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And um, one year, my, my boss gave me a vacation during October and it happened to be during corn harvest. Okay. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll go back to the farm and I'll help my dad with corn harvest. And it just was like a light bulb moment. It, it really was like, after that harvest, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. And I went back and, and I quit my job and I moved back to the farm. And so I moved back to the farm, like, I want to say like January, 2015 ish, somewhere around there. So I've been home almost six years. 
Okay. And so real quick too, so you're in California, where in California, I know Northern California, but where like location wise, are you in California? Yeah. So I am in the Sacramento river Delta. So I'm in Sacramento County and there's this really unique area where the Sacramento river flows and has broken up the land into little islands. So I actually live on an island, but it's not like an island out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Um, we're all, we're surrounded by river, but yeah. So the Sacramento river Delta, it's a really unique area and, and I love it. Yeah. So I'm actually from Contra Costa County. Um, oh, you so, are. Yes. Very close to the Delta grew up. I mean, the Delta was like two miles from our house, um, you know, taking the boat out and stuff. So very familiar with the area for sure. Oh, that's so awesome. I didn't realize you were from California. Yeah, I know. I love kind of connecting with people through this because it's like, oh my gosh, you're from Fresno or you're from Sacramento County or wherever. And it's like, we're all so close, or we were at some point, so close locationally. (laughs) And then now I'm in Texas, I'm connecting with people in California. So it's kind of funny just to be in a different realm. (laughs) But Yeah, that's awesome. You moved back 2015 working on the farm, helping your family, what made you decide like you wanted to do your own thing and how did you end up with a vineyard? Yeah. So my dad was really the one who pushed me to kind of find my own path in agriculture. And somehow my parents had heard about this program called California Farm Academy. And it was out of Davis at the time. Oh gosh, I'd have to double check where we were out of. But um, so I signed up for this program, California Farm Academy. It was like six or seven months long and it was two to three days a week. And we grew like mixed vegetables. And then every other week we visited other farms. And it was really this like hands-on educational course. Didn't matter if you had farming background or not. It just was kind of like all hands in, you know? And when we finished the class, you had to finish the class with a business plan. And we presented that business plan to real farmers and bankers and people in agriculture. So we had this like little audience, which that for me was like the golden ticket. It forced me to write a business plan. And I actually had to present it in front of people that would be like affecting my farming future. Right. And so we visited a winery vineyard at the time, and I really liked it. And vineyards were really getting more popular in my area. Mm -hmm. I don't live very far from Lodi, which is a very big um, wine region. So they were just kind of happening. And I felt like, okay, if I plant a vineyard, I feel like I can find a good mentor that grows grapes in my area. Um, still kind of new, but I wasn't going to be the first one. And I wasn't really ready to be like the first one at anything because I didn't know that much about agriculture yet. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of how it happened. So I ended, I ended that course with a business plan called Beaver Vineyards. And that was in 2015. And then all of 2016, I actually commuted about an hour and a half and went to Napa Valley Community College. And it, it wasn't for the purpose of getting a degree. It was just like, I want to be in their viticulture program and I'm going to take as many viticulture classes as I can in a year. And so that's what I did. It was great because I got classroom, but I also got hands-on as well. 
And uh, basically 2017 was like ground prep, like getting everything sorted out, you know, and learning as much as I could. And then we planted in 2018. It feels like it took forever and yet it happened so fast. So fast. <laughs> and that's so cool. I mean, what better place, obviously, than Napa to learn how to be in the the um, viticulture industry and all of that. Um, that's so cool. And I didn't even realize, I mean, I knew California had those like programs and stuff like that, but such a cool program that kind of gets you started and everything like that. Yeah, and anyone in Northern California that is thinking about getting an ag, like, I highly recommend it. I, I loved it. And I mean, even for me, who comes from a little bit of like, bit, we're not a huge farm by any means, but we do, you know, like corn where it's, you know, it's like you grow a lot of corn, where we did like small vegetable garden, like CSA there, but like you still just learn so much. And the hands-on, it depends what kind of learner you are, you know, and that's why college didn't really work for me, um, is I'm just not a book learner. I really need to be hands-on to learn things. And that's why I did also appreciate Napa, because even though there was some normal classroom, like, it's Napa. They want to teach you how to prune by going out into the vineyard and, like, pruning. So I did appreciate that a lot, too. Well, and I'm sure too, it probably helped you create an awesome network of people to rely on once you got started on your own too. Yes, absolutely. Like I would not be where I am now without mentors and people I can call and ask questions because, you know, my dad has helped me so, so much, but he doesn't really know about vineyards as much either. So even him, he's been like, you need to call this person, you know, with that question. And yeah, the, the connections I have have really helped me. That's so cool. That's such a cool program and a awesome story to kind of get you started and how all that happened too. As far as though, okay, so viticulture, very different from other crops and all of that, but like, can you maybe walk us through like the process of like, okay, you plant the grapes, how long until you harvest and like what all goes into it? Yeah. Okay. So you <laughs> So I planted, I'll kind of use my timeline because okay. that's probably like the easiest way for me to keep it straight. So I planted what is called dormant vines. Okay. So you do not plant grapes from a seed. You get a grafted vine and it, you pick a rootstock that does well in your soil and then they graft the type of grape you want to grow on top of it. So I grow Sauvignon Blanc, which is a white wine. Um, so I got dormant vines, meaning they were dormant all winter, and I got them in April, so springtime. We stuck them in the ground, and then they kind of start to wake up in the ground, and they just look like these dead little sticks. It's so <laughs> sad, kind of, because you're just like, is this really going to grow? <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I should back up a little bit. We have to put a stake for every vine. Okay. So when you're, when you're preparing the ground, that's the first thing you do before you plant is you put stakes in the ground. Um, because if you don't have a stake, the vine will just grow all over the ground. They need something to create the structure. Okay. That makes sense. So you plant the vine, it starts to grow up the stake and you train it. Um, you want to prune it back. So that way you will have that one main growth. And then everyone does a different trellis system, which is basically what you see on top. So like in a lot of pictures, you normally see like a vine go straight up in like two arms. Mm -hmm. um, 
Some people do a quad, so it comes up and it has four arms. So you're training the vine and you prune it into a good training system that's right for your grapes in your area. And you just basically keep working on growing the vine for about three years. That is your focus on getting it trained and giving it the nutrients it needs. And on year three is when you finally get your harvest. And you're, you're just watching those grapes that whole third year. Um, you can get mildew. So you have, to, you have to spray sulfur dust, which is an organic product. Um, but it has to get sprayed once a week, every week for 10 weeks. Oh and like, you cannot miss it. Um, the other fun thing about sulfur dust is it has to get sprayed at nighttime hmm. because it doesn't like hot weather. So a lot of great people have to learn to sleep during the day and stay <laughs> up at night. The grape um, shift for grapes, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. So I, I don't have any employees, so I do everything myself. Um, I do, I do bring in a crew for the huge jobs like pruning. I could not get everything pruned in time by myself. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, as far as growing grapes, I could go on forever because there <laughs> is a lot, you know, but that's like kind of the basics of it. But, but to have a really short answer, uh, you put the vines in the ground, you nourish them for three years, and then you finally get a crop. Okay. Wow. So very, uh, intricate process. Um, takes a long time. And then you just had your first harvest in September, right? Yes, my first harvest, which felt so amazing. Uh, I was really nervous because we got the California wildfires and the ash can affect the grapes. And we were getting ash. And I was just like, seriously, my first year, this is what's going to happen, which I shouldn't complain because some people got it way, way worse than I did. I'm really lucky that everything was okay and my harvest exceeded my expectations. So I was definitely like, after all that stress, I was on cloud nine after that. Awesome. That's so cool. And I was going to ask if you guys were impacted uh, drastically with the fire. So um, that's awesome though, that you were able to kind of have a full harvest and get everything off the vines, I guess, really. Yes, yes. We we were lucky that we were far enough from the fires that nothing really affected us. We just got a lot of ash. Yeah, I know. I was went home, um, I guess it was in August, and the smoke was just out of control. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, backing up a little bit, though, how did you decide on, like, the variety that you wanted to grow? So, I honestly, that was kind of picked by the winery. Okay. So I have a contract and, and where I live, you kind of need a contract unless you're going to make your own wine. Um, other places, it's not like that. I mean, if you grow grapes in Napa, there's a winery that's going to want your grapes, you know, because it's Napa. Um, but where I live, it really, because we're not as big of a region yet, you kind of need a contract to even get started. So I with the help of my mentors, I approached some wineries telling them what I wanted to do. And when a winery agreed to work with me, they said, these are the three different kind of grapes we're looking for right now. So these, these are your options. This is what we'll give you for each one. And so I took their, um, their options and I went back to my mentor. I said, this is what they're offering me. What, what is going to do well here? Mm -hmm. And, and they helped me, they helped me pick, pick which one they thought would be best for a new farmer 
you know, as far as price wise, what was going to do well in my soil. So that that's kind of how we dwindled it down to Sauvignon Blanc. Gotcha. And then for harvest too, like how, what does that process look like? Is everything handpicked? Is it a machine? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So my grapes are harvested by a machine also overnight. So it starts at 7 PM to 7 AM. Luckily my harvest was only three nights long. I don't know how people do it for weeks and weeks. Um, but yeah, so everything machine harvest and the machine actually drives over the top of the vines and shakes them while it's driving and the grapes just fall right off. And then it has this whole system of getting the grapes up to the top. And then in the next row over, a tractor drives with a gondola, which you could kind of picture as like a grain cart Mm -hmm. and it dumps them into the gondola. And then the gondola drives over to a truck and dumps them in the truck. Cool. So uh, it always like amazes me how different harvest is for all of the different things. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You could possibly be growing. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. And and handpicking, that, that can be brutal too, for yeah, sure. I could, I, well, no, I can't imagine. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> like quite the process. <laughs> switching role or switching topics really I guess um you also are a huge advocate for mental health and mental health especially in agriculture um how is that something that you decided you wanted to be a part of or an advocate for yeah so mental health is really um a big part of my life and that's it just only felt right to talk about that as well um especially when I got on social media I've dealt with anxiety since about 2012. My dad was in a farming accident and my anxiety just kind of started after that. And at the time I had no idea what it was. It took me like a couple of years. Like I kind of thought I was going crazy. And you do really have this like, like realization when you start talking to other people to realize, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. And, and it's really, it's, it sounds weird, but it's great. It's great to know that you're not alone. Absolutely. And when I got into the ag community, I just saw how how tough it really was. Um, being a male-dominated industry, a lot of um, men don't like to talk about their feelings, or you get kind of the old timers that are like, you just need to suck it up and get over it. Not everyone is that way. I by no means am saying everybody's that way because I've definitely met older gentlemen that are like, this is great. Like, this is what needs to be talked about. So I'm not saying everybody's that way, but it's just kind of that stigma of like, you're a farmer. You just need to toughen up and get over it and move on. Um, So when I got into ag and I was already dealing with this problem or these issues, I felt like, okay, I'm going to talk about it and we're going to address what's going on in ag. And I've been lucky enough to connect with other people that have the same passion. Um, A really huge one is Do More Ag. They are sadly only in Canada. 
but I pray one day that they will expand to the U.S. or like find a partner that can that can do something very similar to them. Um, but that's like Leslie and her husband, and I know there's a couple other co-founders. Like that's like their life work now is do more ag, which is mental health and agriculture. And I'm not a professional, so I'm just trying to open the conversation and let people know it's okay to talk about it. Yeah, and I'm thankful for so many people like yourself and Leslie and um, even Jess on Instagram who have kind of opened up that door and shared their stories and kind of been like, hey, listen, like we're all human and this is something that you're going to deal with. You know, everybody has feelings. So at some point you're going to have these emotions and it's okay to deal with them and kind of talk about it and stuff like that. Um, But now that you have kind of shared it and been in the realm of social media and everything, like, why do you think people have such a hard time talking about it? I think everyone has their own reasons, but I, I know for me, it was, I did not think anyone else felt like I did. I really felt like I was going crazy and it was like, well, why am I going to talk about this? Cause then people are just going to think I'm crazy, you know? Um, so for me, I, that's why I took so long to talk about it. Cause I was just like, no one's going to relate to this. Um, and then I think maybe for us others, they worry that it's going to make them look weak, mm-hmm. you know, that why can't they just toughen up? So I think hopefully by people seeing us talk about it, they realize, you know, other people feel this way and it does not make me any less of a person. It's, it's actually going to probably make you feel loads better, like talking about it and getting it off your chest. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why everybody, but I know everybody's got a reason. And then that it is tough to break that wall of silence kind of. Yeah, for sure. And I think just, again, kind of like you mentioned, just breaking the whole stigma of it that's behind it as well is just a challenge for sure. Yeah, it is. We're working on it every day. <laughs> that's for sure. Yes, definitely. Uh, and then also, I mean, you have so much going on and you're a very busy woman, but you also <laughs> have uh, a field trip thing that you're doing on YouTube. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm crazy. I am crazy, (laughs) apparently, um, because I don't know how to not do anything. So if I have apparently one moment of free time, I have to fill that with something, um, which I had no moments of free time. I just (laughs) made them. Um, Yes. So I recently started field trips, which is just on my normal YouTube channel, which is Tara Beaver Coronado, my name. Um, It's a series within the channel where I visit other farms and I love it so much. Um, I am focused on California only. Um, You being in Texas, you might have ran into this before, but some people do not realize how big of an agricultural state California is. We are the most diverse state in the United States. We grow over 400 commodities. we have every kind of weather here. Mm-hmm. Like we, you go up and you're going to get feet of snow and then you go into the Imperial Valley where it's sun year round, Yeah, you know? So we have every kind of weather. We can grow so many different kinds of crops and kind of the comment, like I was already wanting to do this and I, I, and I shouldn't let hate <laughs> feed this. But kind of the comment that I was like, oh, I'm doing this, was someone told me if California disappeared, 
agriculture would not be affected. And I was just like, really, really? Is that really what people believe? Challenge you know? accepted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, my goal is really to just be positive, share California agriculture of all sizes, the small farms, the huge farms. I even went to a corporate winery or, you know, so all levels of agriculture and why it's so important. And um, actually this past weekend, I did a little field trips marathon where I recorded five episodes in three days and I was exhausted, but it was so fun. It was so fun to meet all the farmers. Um, I got to meet an 88 year old Christmas tree farmer. Oh my gosh, so cute. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, and now I'm also really, really blessed like as as cliche as that is to say like I'm really blessed because Corteva has come on as a sponsor which is huge I'm I just have to say it because I'm so thankful for for Corteva because like I was just going to be doing this like 100% on my own dime and my own time and they're really helping me out now like they believe in the mission you know so um yeah so if any of your listeners have farms in California want me to come by let yeah. me know. <laughs> yeah, I I think I have a, a large follow or following, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a follow, <laughs> a large listener base, let's call it that. Um in California, obviously just friends and family and everything. So um yeah, if anybody would like to be featured, I guess. Um <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I think I think the other thing that's fun is it's just me and my GoPro, which it okay, just keeps cool. it, you know, it's it's not it's like a big big yeah, so yeah. casual. It's not like a big filming crew. It's totally YouTube, but it's so fun. It's yeah. so fun. What's been your favorite like farm that you've been to? I'm sure everyone has like each place has its own cool thing, but yeah, they've all been super fun. So um, I got to visit a chicken farm that I like, I- I've been, this is a girl that I've become friends with through social media. And this is our first time meeting in person. So that alone was like a huge treat. Yeah. And she has like 1500 chickens that she free ranges for eggs. And that's like a dream of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so, so fun. And then this past weekend, I went to a dairy. I have never toured a dairy. And it was amazing. It was it just, yeah. And the people, the people is what really make it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think too, that's one thing I was, I mean, I grew up in agriculture as well. And then, you know, through college and being in Texas, like things change, but then doing ag chicks and kind of reacquainting myself with the agriculture community. It just reminds me like, you know, these are seriously the best people. Like you cannot get (laughs) any better than ag people because they're so friendly and everybody just wants to help you. And it's a great industry and community to be involved in. Yes. So did you move to Texas for college? Yeah, so I uh, came to Texas to go to Texas A&M, and then once I graduated, I actually got hired by the poultry science uh, department here at A&M and stuck around. I, I kind of like Texas, so I'm sticking around for a while, I guess. So are you a crazy chicken lady or no? I'm not. Um, I, got the job, <laughs> I got the job not knowing anything about poultry, like literally nothing. Um, but I feel like I've adapted well now that I've been there for two years, I can throw some poultry facts here and there. Um, but I have like a whole new appreciation for the industry that I just knew nothing about. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. I like Texas too. I've been there a couple of times. Yes. And you, you are a chicken lady. 
aren't you? I am a I am for sure a crazy chicken lady. <laughs> I've I've only got 60 chickens, but my I I recently got a chicken coop that will fit 150. So that's a goal of mine in the next year. There you go. Now you gotta fill it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what do you is that just kind of personal egg and joy out of them, or what do you guys do with those? Yeah, I just I, I sell eggs to our community. Um, I do have a little side passion project dream, which would be um, donating eggs just to, you know, rural communities. That's just, yeah. I mean, I don't think I need much more explanation than that. Yep. So it's just, you know, if I, um, if I could sell the majority of the eggs, which would help fund eggs that I could donate, that's kind of what I would like to do, but I got to get the, I mean, the chickens I have now, it's just for people in the community, but yeah. that, that would be the big dream. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, good luck. I hope that's thank you happens and your your chicken coop fills up soon <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh we I know we touched on social media briefly um but your social media has definitely like taken off Instagram YouTube all of that how did you decide you wanted to kind of start telling your story through those platforms yeah so I mean I I have been on social media literally since the beginning um it's always funny to me that people think the generation below us is the social media age but I'm like no the millennials are the social media age I don't know how old you are if you're a millennial or if you're the generation below me yes but like yeah, millennials, we are the social media age. I mean, we had MySpace, right? Mm -hmm. And I can remember Facebook was originally only for college students. And I can still remember my, I was in high school, my sister was in college and she called me and she was like, there's this thing called Facebook. And I heard that anyone can sign up now. Can I get your email so I can sign you up to see if it's true? And so like my <laughs> sister signed me up for Facebook. Um, so I've just kind of always been on it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm like a ranter. You're, this episode is going to be like this an hour long. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Lots of good content, um, I like to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I was on Instagram from the beginning and I kind of showed random stuff on Instagram. And then when I started doing the vineyard, it was really for friends and family. They wanted to know what was going on, how things were going, like, all my friends and family were super supportive of me starting the vineyard. So I switched all of my social media over to Beaver Vineyards. And I, it was really just to update friends and family what I was doing. I had no idea there was like ag social media. Yeah. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. And when I started connecting with people, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> there are so many people out there that, you know, like, you know, there are people out there in ag, but like, I did not know they were on social media. Yeah. And just over the last few years, it's exploded. And I just, I actually just did a post today, how thankful I am for the ag community and the social media community. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, I really, I know that there are women around here, but I don't personally know any women in ag in, in like my driving range. Right. Um, and the women in ag I've connected with through social media has just, it's changed my life. Yeah. I mean, there, there are women now that I've been in group texts with for over a year and we've met in person Yeah. and you know, I just, I love them so much. And yeah. So I started sharing for friends and family and it turned into this huge thing. 
And I, I love sharing. I love connecting. And then slowly, about a year and a half ago, I started YouTube. Um, that was just one, one of my girlfriends, Meredith, um, this farm wife. She does YouTube and really kind of convinced me to give it a go. And uh, it's been a big learning curve, but I do really enjoy it. If you notice, I'm a talker. So <laughs> it's easier for me to do YouTube yeah. where I'm not, so, I'm not so much a writer. Yeah. So sometimes like Instagram captions can be really hard for me or they get like a book. And That's like, how I, I want to yeah. read this. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, I can talk as much as I want. And if people don't want to listen, they can just hit next. Turn me up. Yep. You know? <laughs> Meredith yeah. uh, seems to be the common denominator in a lot of people's YouTube uh, journey. She always comes up when I ask people about their YouTube stuff. So it's so funny because um, she's great. She, she's so great. And she's just like, She's so positive. Yes. And another one is Sandy Brock. Have mm -hmm. you talked with her? Yes. Yeah. Sandy's awesome. Those ladies are just like, there's a few of us that are kind of new to YouTube. And those ladies are just like, you can do it. You can do yeah. it. Like, just keep pushing forward, you know? And yeah. that's the it's like, that's the best part is like making friends like that, that just like truly believe in you and like want to see you succeed. Yes, absolutely. I know. Yeah. They're great women. And, um, I know we kind of talked a little bit too about, you know, agriculture is a great community, but then I think even the community within social media of women is like so cool. Just like you were just talking about. It's so like, I guess I didn't even personally realize like that was a thing until I started this. And then I was like, oh my God. And everybody's just like, I'll met every time I send a message like, Hey, do you want to be on my podcast or can I interview you? I'm so nervous. Cause I'm like, oh my God, they're going to think like I'm this crazy person Instagram like DMing them on Instagram but then everyone's like yeah sure great what's like what's your calendar look like and I'm like it just blows me away every single time that everyone's just so great yeah no I did I had no idea it was a thing either until I started like getting on there and connecting people I had no idea and yeah I mean 99.9% .9 of those women you're gonna meet are just so nice and awesome and just want to see you succeed at whatever you're doing yes Absolutely. And touching on that kind of as a final question on things, if you were to kind of give advice to somebody who was maybe wanting to get involved in agriculture, a young woman or just anyone really, um, what would maybe be something that you would advise them? Well, it definitely depends what you want to do. Um, but if you're looking as far as to start like your own farm or get into agriculture, I, I feel this way, whether you have ag background or not, if you don't have ag background, please don't feel like you can't get into ag. That's, that's the number one. Anyone can get into ag. Um, but my biggest piece of advice would be to find a mentor. Find someone who lives in your area, if you can, and someone that does what you want to do. Yeah. And that has really, and I mean, it's the same as social media. Like Meredith and Sandy helped me on, on YouTube. You know, it's something I want to do. It's a space I want to be in and I go to them for help. And yeah. it's the same thing with ag, you know, and, and if you live somewhere where there's not a lot of people around, look on the internet for someone that can help mentor you that you can just send questions to. And, and I think like my mentor has helped me so much. I don't know if I could teach someone yet, but I hope one day someone will come to me and be like, I want to plant a vineyard. You know, what can I do? And, and I hope I can help them. Like I said, I'm not quite there yet, but I hope one day that I can. Um, and you, you got to give back what you receive, you know? Yes. Um, 
so yeah, definitely find a mentor in, in the area that you want to work in, whether it be ag or not really. Yeah. I think that's awesome advice. And just being able to even vent to somebody at the end of the day is helpful. <laughs> just be like, yeah, about the challenges and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, totally. And, and one thing um, I'm really have been teaching myself as well. If, if someone ever comes to you and asks you to be their mentor or ask question, like realize like there is enough abundance in this world for everybody. Yes. And, and that's been something I've been working on myself too. You know, like when another woman in ag gets on YouTube, it's like, this is great. Because if, if she's successful, we're all successful. Right. I feel like that's something Sandy is really, really <laughs> teaching me. She's just like, every time another woman in ag comes on YouTube, it's great. Because yeah. like, it's great for all of us. Yes. You know? And uh, so sometimes it can be hard when you're like, oh, another person's going to get into what I do. But, but this world is so big. Like there's enough for all of us to be successful. Yes, that's so true. Yep. I love that. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then Tara, last little bit here, where can people connect with you if they are wanting to get in touch with you? So the best place would be Instagram or YouTube. And my username is Tara Beaver Coronado, beaver like the animal. Um, I used to be under Beaver Vineyards, but now that will redirect you. I just, I'm as much as I love the vineyard, I'm more than that. Yeah. Um, so that's why I've changed it over to my name. So yes, Tara Beaver Coronado, come over, hang out, DM me. I love it. Positive community, positive, but honest. Yeah. So keep it real. Yeah. So keep it real. I, I show some of the not so fun things too. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, um, Tara, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to watching everything continue to grow and unfold for you as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on and it's so cool that you're from California. <laughs> <laughs>